Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are powerful. You're a warrior who bathes in your enemy's tears. Then you step out of that refreshing tear bath and into a bathrobe that somehow looks good on you. Yeah, you can pull off a robe. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you save money for driving safely with Snapshot from Progressive. Mmm, savings you can use to buy more robes. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. Hello, and welcome along to the Gig Radar podcast. My name is Rob Latham. I'm the editor of Gig Radar, which, if you're new to us, is a blog focusing on new bands and new music. Uh, We founded in the UK back in 2016, and we've been writing about new bands from all over the world ever since. Um, So this focus on new music from all over the world actually got me thinking this week that we should give the podcast a revamp after a bit of a brief trial last year. I'm currently traveling the world for 12 months with a program called Remote Year which is taking me and 25 other people to 12 cities around the world over the next 12 months. Um, We've already been in South America for three months, and I'm currently talking to you from Mexico City, where we spent the last month before moving on to Hanoi in Vietnam next weekend. Um, Now, exposure to live music over the last few months has been pretty limited, uh, but it ramped up a little this week as we went to see... Uh, a covers band, do a pretty decent job with a few rock and metal classics in a local Irish bar. Then on Wednesday, I went along to, to see a remote year staff member called Travis King, who's now based in Mexico, play at a gig uh, at a local bar called The Black Horse. Uh, chatting with Travis after the gig got me thinking about music around the world and how we go about experiencing it. And I thought, what better way to kind of get the podcast going again, then get Travis on to talk about his experiences of traveling the world for the last decade or so. Stay tuned for that later on. Uh, we've also got a host of brand new music for you to check out, including our current new band of the week, 1080 Trees, and another brand new British band called Kiasmata, who I think you're going to love. And we've also got a bit of Scandinavian punk for you to check out as well. Um, anyway, quick break, and we'll be back with our new band of the week in two seconds. And welcome back. Now, if you're not familiar with our blog, which is over at gigradar.co.uk, every Monday we bring you an exciting new British band in our new band of the week feature. Um, this week, our new band of the week is a band called 1080 Trees. Um, that's to number 10, number 80 Trees. Um, they're a band that's based in Newcastle and Sheffield, up here in the northeast of England. And they've found a really catchy rock sound um, that we've been really enjoying this week. Um, so we took a listen to their latest single, Something in the Blood. Um, in the interview with the band, which you can read over on the website. Um, we thought we'd give this this uh, track a spin for you. So here you go. This is Something in the Blood by 1080 Trees.
That was 1083s with their latest track, Something in the Blood. I think you'll agree this is a band we're right to be excited about as we move into 2020, and we're expecting big things from these guys. Um, right, no great, no further ado, we're going to crack on with some more music for you. Um, this is a brand new melodic hardcore, hardcore band called Be Well. It features members of Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather, and the vocalist is Brian McTernan, who's been involved with bands like Thrice and Circus Survives. They've got a pretty good pedigree, and they've just launched with a, a double single, which is led by the following track. This is Frozen by Be Well. song called Frozen by Be Well. Um, so they've just launched with a, brand, a double single, so we're expecting plenty more from those guys soon, so stay tuned. Um, now, as I mentioned in the intro, this week we sat down for a chat with Travis King, who works for the travel program I'm currently on, which is called Remote Year. Um, travel, Travis runs open mic nights here in Mexico City, um, which a group of people from our group have been to. And I went to see him play a live gig on um, Wednesday night. So we, we sat down with Travis to talk about live music and his experience of finding new music while he's been travelling the world. Um, I hope you enjoy it. It's a really interesting little chat with Travis. So um, this is Travis King. Um, so I'm here today with Travis King. We're both sitting in a boardroom, actually a very cool boardroom, <laughs> with uh, Travis King from Remote Year. Uh, nice to have you with us, Travis. Thanks for talking to us. Um, do you want to kick off with a brief intro on okay, who you are, what you do, and um, what you do with the remote year as well? Por supuesto. Um, of course. And, <laughs> yeah, so Travis King, I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin originally. That's where I grew up. Um, spent some time living in New Orleans, and actually went back to Milwaukee for grad school. Finished when I was 28, and then left to like do my first big backpacking trip in South America, and that 
sort of first choice there led to four and a half years of sort of solo travel. Eventually I found the gig with Remote Year um, and I've been working for Remote Year now for about four years. So at first I was a program leader for the third ever community in Remote Year. And since then I've been kind of evolved into this role. Um, I'm the director of community development. So mm-hmm. I do a bunch of different, it's kind of like project management. I do a bunch of different stuff for the company, but you know, any given day, I'm probably working on like five or six different things and it's pretty fun. And, you know, nice. Always new, always something. <laughs> so you're working with communities like all around the world, not just in South America. Yeah, pretty much. So like I help manage all of the communities that are spread out, you know, in our 12 cities, but then I also do a lot of organizing new interesting projects for our alumni community, who we call citizens. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, last year we threw a big, uh, 150 person reunion at a summer camp in upstate New York. So I helped organize that. So yeah, all types of different like fun projects basically. Awesome. So as part of that, I guess you've kind of traveled all around the world over the yeah. last like eight, 10 years or so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like almost getting easier now to say where I haven't been, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I've been really lucky to, you know, I did a bunch of years kind of solo mm-hmm. backpacking and hostel hopping and, you know, finding volunteer gigs on work away and just keeping it. Oh, sorry. That's my mindfulness. Well, <laughs> my phone. Uh, keeping it as keeping it as um, cheap as I could basically through all those years, mm-hmm. trying to find volunteer opportunities to keep the adventure going. I did work in Australia for about a year in Byron Bay, um, you know, kayaking with dolphins, which barely consider work, but <laughs> I only had the year long visa, so eventually I had to go. Um, and then, yeah, was like at the end of my money and looking for like a real job. And I decided, you know, I, I've got all this travel experience. Maybe I can work in the travel industry. And that's that's how I found Remoyer. Nice. Um, just to give listeners kind of an intro into kind of why we're talking to Travis. So we went to a gig the other night where Travis um, was playing like an acoustic gig in a mm-hmm. pub in Mexico City, where we're currently based. Um, and Travis has also been hosting open mic nights while in Mexico City. So um, I think let's, let's kind of talk about music a bit more. So your musical background, kind of growing up in Milwaukee, what kind of music did you grow up on? What kind of genres, bands are you into? Great question. Um, So like as a kid, it was a lot of, you know, Tracy Chapman while my parents were cooking dinner, Paul Simon, um, that kind of that kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I still love that music. But then in my in my friend group, I think even really early, we became a little punk rockers. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually still proud of this. The first band I was ever in, I was 13. We called ourselves the Punky Brewsters because we were from Brew City and play oh, yeah. punk music and punky brewsters was you know that was like a tv <laughs> show with this girl so anyway that was our first band and then we evolved and sort of became more like emo hardcore throughout high school we changed our name to will denied they actually put out an ep and did a little tour and back then i was a drummer so i was like the you know this like fast playing double bass pedal like metal drummer with nice. long hair and like my ears pierced so if you saw a picture <laughs> of me then you'd be like oh that was you that's that's funny um so yeah v- different sort of like musical start than you might guess and I still, you know, if I hear like Rancid or Operation Ivy or NoFX, I'm like, yeah, this is like what I grew up on. This is great. So I can still rock out to some of that stuff. But I don't know. It was kind of, I think I also was working at a summer camp all of those summers. And so like the whole like acoustic guitar on a campfire vibe appealed to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I couldn't help that I liked Jeff Johnson. And like, you know, I was like, I kind of like this stuff too. And I I sort of (laughs) evolved. And I, I always, you know, hip hop was something I was always kind of listening to as well. But then into my early 20s, I think it was way more like folk music, acoustic singer songwriter stuff. And hip hop became way more what I listened to instead of the, you know, angry punk rock, which, which I grew up on. Um, and it was right around that time, late, you know, early 20s, I guess, that I picked up a guitar and was like, I want to also be able to play this instrument. And it was actually summer camp being like the start of me performing music in front of people. I played with my buddy who played banjo, my other buddy who played guitar, and I played drums. And the mm-hmm. three of us played at every campfire uh, at the summer camp. But then I remember having this feeling of like, I don't want to be so dependent on these two guys because yeah. without, like, without them, it's just me playing drums and, and singing. <laughs> but like, <laughs> that's not that entertaining. So I should figure out how to play guitar or pick up an instrument that like can do the melody. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And also, you've been traveling for quite a long time. So kind of, has that traveling experience kind of shaped your musical interests or is it kind of, have you found new music that you didn't realize you'd kind of get into? Totally. Like I, I love reggaeton now. I, you know, I listen to a <laughs> lot of different, um, different types of music. I think more probably like the Latin flavor mm-hmm. as, in terms of like different. Um, it's not like I'm listening to a ton of K-pop or anything like that, but um, no, I do. I do find that like, I love 
new types of music and also new instruments. I used to always collect like a new instrument in every country nice. I went to early on in my travels. I mean, at some point it got just silly and I had all these weird instruments in my parents' basement. I'm like, why, why am I still doing this? Like, like my didgeridoo from Australia, yeah. and different weird, you know, shakers and things from all over the world. Um, yeah, but it, it, I would say it definitely, you just pick up a more like, I think eclectic understanding of music and you're, and you're open to it more. Like I think early on, like probably the first few times I heard cumbia or something, I was like, what is this weird, you know, rhythm and this weird mm. music? Like how come at the nightclub they're playing this? Why don't they just play hip hop or whatever? Yeah. And then eventually I was like happy to have, you know, the songs change between cumbia and hip hop and dance to both and like, just be, be excited about whatever. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, what do you think is the best music or the best, sorry, the best country for music you've been to Whew, and the, the worst actually and the worst. Best country for music and the worst. This might surprise some people, but I would say Japan for best. Yeah. Um, We've met some really cool Japanese bands actually. A couple yeah. of really good Japanese metal bands. Yeah. So they, yeah. I think they just, Japan as a country just like does everything as well as you can do it. Like yeah. I, I always use whiskey as the example. Like <laughs> they started making whiskey in Japan and now it's like the best whiskey in the world. But like basically anything they get their hands on, they just like, let's do this in the best possible way. And I remember, you know, like there's a there's a place in Tokyo called the Golden Triangle where there's like little six, like six or four person small bars that are all in this one area. And you go from bar to bar and like the, the vibe of each bar is like totally changes based on what the music is but like you can just get the best of every type of music in japan kind of like same way you get the best of every type of food in japan mm-hmm. anything else that's going on there but i just remember feeling like it was open and i played an open mic in japan so they have that kind of stuff as well like where they're just yeah it's like a lot of expression and and they do that through music very very well i think um so yeah it was surprising that was a surprising one for me but i remember thinking like japan has a cool music thing going on cool worst I don't know. Um, some like I don't know why I'm, I'm thinking this right now, but I'm thinking Argentina and Buenos Aires. Okay. Um, that I I like Argentinian culture a lot, but I do find that like you know some of it is like feels kind of stuck. Like mm-hmm. if you go to a club in in Buenos Aires and you're you know they don't go out till like one in the morning for one, so you'll be you'll be very <laughs> late. But then if you end up at the at the club, it's like it really does sometimes feel like they're playing the same song on repeat. Yeah. And I don't love that. So like I, I'll I'll jam out to a song a cumbia song or like a reggaeton track where like I don't necessarily catch all the lyrics because it's super fast Spanish or whatever it is. Um but I would love some more diversity to to what they're playing, especially yeah, sure. out in, in BA or whatever. But there is a really amazing open mic in Buenos Aires I should call out right. called the uh, Folk You Mondays. Ever end up in Buenos Aires? Look it up. It's like the best thing for sure that you can do on a Monday night in Buenos Aires. Nice. It's really it's been going on for years, and it's an awesome open mic. Okay, cool. Talking of open mic, um, so we obviously met you last couple of weeks playing open mic nights, um, which have been really cool. So how long? What kind of got you into doing open mic, and how long have you been hosting or playing open mic nights? A good question. So I mean, the camp story that I told earlier was kind of my intro to playing mm-hmm. in front of people, and then I started, you know, like trying to get enough together to be able to play background music at cafes and that kind of thing. So I did a little bit of that in grad school back in Milwaukee when I was in grad school, but then traveling, it was something that I found right away to be like a unique and like really pointed way to connect with people. Like if you're at an open mic and you play and then you're, you know, out in the back, like having a smoke or something and the other guys that played, you're just like instantly friends. Like, yeah, you sounded yeah. great. Great set. Awesome mm-hmm. job. And you, all of a sudden it was like the main way that I would make local friends, you know? Um, so I just found it like fun for one to just get up and express yourself on stage. And two, the main way that I connected with new people and, and made friends where I was traveling, like I'm friends with the people that host um, Folky Mondays in, in Buenos Aires. And I was gone for like a year. And when I went back, um, the girl that runs it was like, right when I walked in, I was like, Travis. And I was like, that's so cool. Like to have like, <laughs> you know, awesome, that man. feeling of when you come back somewhere and people remember and you're like, yeah, like I'm here for a month. I'll play a couple of times. I can't wait. Um, but that, yeah, that sort of connective feeling with the other people that are doing open mics is is really powerful and yeah like i think i told you this the other day but it's always my first like google search pretty much mm-hmm. whenever i get to a new city i'll look up right away like any open mics in the city and i'll plan my you know evenings and week around that of just trying to make a point to go play and, and nice you know jam out for the good people and aside from open mics do you go out and try and find local gigs or local bands that are playing as well yeah yeah definitely and um 
that's maybe a little more happen chance. I'm not like as intentional with my research or like trying to figure out, like, I think you're good at this of like looking for new bands that are mm-hmm. up and coming and that kind of thing. I'm not so great about that, but, um, like for example, the guy that normally hosts the open mic that I've been helping with, he's in a band in Mexico city called Peregrino. And now like we're buddies. I went and saw his band play okay. last week. Um, which was super fun. And it was like, he, they're like this folk rock Americana sort of band that sings half in Spanish, half in English. And they're really great. Like he's a great songwriter. But then after them, the closing band was some band called like Gallo Negro. That's like a 10 piece cumbia, like crazy. Like, yeah, it was crazy. It was, like, it was like a light show. It was just wild. But like the, the difference between the two bands is really cool. And you could tell yeah. that they were hoping that it would draw like an eclectic crowd, like a, like an interesting audience. People that maybe be more interested in one than the other, but be there for both. And it was a cool show. It was really, really, really fun. Yeah. Okay. This You might not have an answer to this, but have you found any kind of niche like musical genres that exist within cities around the world? Or like talking of like a gig where there's diverse bands are there any kind of weird things you might expect around the world the first thing that came to mind for that is that like i remember finding it interesting that in south africa there's a big country western like okay people listen to that type of music there and there's more things like that i guess i, I can't think of any more off the top of my yeah. mind but like where you're like oh you listen to that kind of music here like or like you know you can find corners in japan where they're like really into hip-hop or like all these like elvis vibes and stuff like that mm-hmm. where there's people that get really into a certain type of genre um that's not even necessarily from that country or anything but they just latch onto it and create this identity around like where like the leather jacket wearing like slick backed hair the elvis listening group of guys in japan or whatever <laughs> so i i always love that that music is, has the ability to kind of like help people form their whole identity or their friend group's identity um but yeah and speaking of cape town also an amazing open mic in Cape Town at House of Machines if you're ever in Cape Town. Okay. So yeah, another another good one to call out. Sweet. We should be there in August. It should be our last stop. So awesome. Yeah, I, I was there every Tuesday. Like I, I was there like six months at the beginning of last year. And every Tuesday was like my highlight of the week was go to House of Machines and play. And it's one of those it's one of those open mics where the guy that hosts is is good like he has a couple mm-hmm. albums out so he's very serious about like everybody shut up listen to the music no talking and it's like a little more intense that way but <laughs> but a fun vibe it's a cool open mic okay cool um so we we're talking the other day about um open mic nights around the world and you were talking about some countries having a lack of open mic nights whereas others you might not expect have a really great scene mm-hmm. so what are the kind of examples of ones that are good ones that are bad and why do you think that's the case in those scenarios yeah i actually why it's the case boggles my mind like i think about <laughs> it often um and I, I told you this too i always think like in the cities that i've spent time in when there isn't an open mic i always think man i can like move here and start an open mic because <laughs> uh, i think you know there's a lot there's it's a lot of lacking in europe um for some reason i don't okay. know like you can find open mics here and there throughout europe but in general i've just found in my experience like if i get to madrid and i google open mics in madrid nothing comes up if i get to oh. paris even not like it's hard to find something yeah um maybe find a couple in london but it's way more like it feels way more hit or miss all throughout europe for some reason we're like hmm. you know i've spent a few months in valencia there's nothing there you know, we, we go to Croatia, there's nothing um, in Croatia. I, I've started and run a few open mics in Croatia, but nothing that, like, you know, is consistent. Mm. Um, and same with, yeah, just, like, most of my um, experience. Prague, I would say, does have a good open mic scene. Um, there's two places you can play in Prague that, that are pretty great. But most of Europe in general is, I feel like, the the part that I'm least optimistic about. When I'm yeah. on a flight into Europe, I'm like, I probably just won't play much music these next couple months, which is, <laughs> which is a bummer. Yeah. Um, and That's then strange. the places that are surprisingly amazing at it are latin america like all of latin america i'd say pretty much because there's just like a lot of hostels and a lot of those hostels will have like an open mic um some of the time but then there's other places like you know the folky monday venue which isn't a hostel it's just a really cool venue in buenos aires um but all throughout you know central and south america i feel like i've been able to to find open mics and you know we're in mexico city and the one here the black horse is a great one um but even yeah, other places in Mexico that I've been, like in, mm. in Puerto Escondido, I was able to play at the Salina there. And yeah, it's just, it feels easy to find. Like it's like the Google search. And then the first, the first thing that comes up on the hit is like, oh, that's an open mic. Great. I'll go there on Saturday or whatever. And then Asia, I would say I give the highest grade for being like surprisingly excellent at open mics. Oh. Like, like when I was in Hanoi, I spent a month there last year. There's like three really good open mics you could play every week if you were like into like putting out as much music and performing as often as possible. So there's just a lot of great options. And that, you know, I'd say that goes for most of Asia. And Chiang Mai, there's a really amazing one um, that gets run out of this guy's house. Uh, oh, wow. 
blanking on the name of the house right now, but it's like this character, this this guy that runs it, and it's um yeah, it's just a great vibe. Like really, everybody's sitting like on the floor of their family room, and there's like a little corner set up for people to get up and express themselves <laughs> and perform. And yeah, so all of, all of Asia and, and Australia was good too, but that whole like region of the world, I feel like does does really well with it. Mm. And then uh, yeah, it's it's almost it feels like the less developed places almost somehow they have that more creative energy of like let's get up and perform and, and like not be so afraid of it whereas like europe like might have a little more of that like oh no that's like nervous or something um i don't know <laughs> it's interesting isn't it it's like yeah not what we'd expect not at all yeah. not at all and not yeah. at all. and like honestly if i was listening to this and i'd be like nah he's probably wrong like but i, but I swear <laughs> it's my first google search i make everywhere i go and in europe i just don't have like as much luck as i could end up in a small town somewhere in latin america or asia and i'd be like there's probably an open mic here mm -hmm. like so somebody's probably hosting and organizing and giving people a chance to get up and play okay good to know we're, we're off to hanoi on uh, next Saturday. Oh, that's so, exciting. Are you guys doing Saturday. Christmas in Mexico City and then New Year's in Hanoi? Yeah. That's so, cool. yeah, that's we great. fly out on <laughs> 28th. So we land in Hanoi day before New Year's Eve. So cool, man. Yeah. That's really, like something bad, you, is it? You, should, you should tell people the rest of your life. Like one year I did Mex you know, yeah. Christmas in Mexico and then New Year's in, in Hanoi. Yeah, I bet there's very few people in the world who've done that. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Um, I love that feeling, like when you're like, I don't think anybody else has ever done this. I remember doing some weird route to get like to Cape Town, where I went like through Laos and then through part of Africa, and I got to Cape Town. I was like, oh, I wonder if anybody's ever flown from like this small town in Laos to to Cape Town. But yeah, it's a cool feeling. Yeah, should be good. Uh, one thing you mentioned the other day as well was about playing songs that no one knows. So you played a couple of songs yeah. by a couple of artists that we might not know. I think one was like a kind of folky duo. Um, how important is it to you personally to discover new music and kind of help people find new music that you think is great? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I love that. I mean, I think that is the push and pull with being somebody that plays covers at open mic nights or whatever. It's like, you know, everybody's going to be like, woo, when you play, you know, Hey Ya or some song they've heard a bunch of times because mm -hmm. they, they know the song and they're, and they're happy to hear you play that, that your version of it or whatever. But then at some point too, it's like you want to be able to learn stuff and play stuff that you love that you discover that you think is great like i played a tyler children's song the other mm -hmm. night i think he's that folky one and this guy donovan woods who's a singer songwriter that i really love out of nashville i played a song by him called portland maine that i love yeah um, i listened to that yesterday it's good yeah, yeah. I, lo I love that i love that guy and i love that kind of music and even though it doesn't get the you know radio and pop exposure that you know like that it just never will because it's like mm -hmm. singer songwriters out of nashville kind of vibe um i do think it's fun to like you know i was I always prep the audience like, hey, you aren't going to know this song. Please don't find it boring. Actually, maybe listen to it and enjoy it and like, you know, think about the lyrics, whatever it might be, because um, I think it's a beautifully written song. Um, and then usually people are receptive. But I don't know. This kind of bleeds into my thinking about, too, like why I stopped writing music. I used to write a lot more in my mid to late 20s. Mm. But in general, it would always be picking up guitar, you know, at some hostel somewhere in the world trying to like entertain a group of new friends late at night after we've you know had too much to drink and ultimately like i had the same repeated experience so many times where you know you play a couple covers that people know and everyone's like this is great so fun and then you're like can i play this song about some girl that made me sad and people people always say the right thing people are always like yeah i played that original song you wrote and then five seconds into it you can feel everybody lose attention and not give a shit about the yeah. thing that you wrote because they've never heard it before and it's, it's maybe less relatable or whatever it might be but um you know, the 10 songs I've ever written, I still only play two. Um, and yeah, it's, it just feels like, you know, I'll, I'll offhand play it if I'm doing like a gig or a show mm -hmm. somewhere just to be like, hey, here's this, here's a song I wrote, you know. But in general, I think people would rather hear me play, you know, Steve yeah. Miller or something. <laughs> like It's definitely harder to engage people with songs that obviously they don't know. But exactly. yeah. Um, final question. Um, are there any kind of new artists or musicians that you found recently that you think people should be listening to? Um, any kind of new music you've been jamming? Huh. This makes me want to pull my phone out. I'm going to look at my... I'm actually, I'm actually a weirdo in this way where I don't do Spotify. Okay. I'm an Apple Music guy for some reason. Okay. Um, there's a couple of people I'll mention. I really love... Um, the music scene in Byron Bay, which is where I lived in Australia, and I hosted mm -hmm. an open mic there for a year. And it's just like such a concentrated, saturated music scene. And there's two guys out of there that are getting more famous and that I always, when I would see them play live in Byron, they, they actually played at this cafe I worked at. And whenever I would see them, 
I'd be like, how are these guys not famous? They're mm-hmm. so good. And now they're actually kind of getting famous. So <laughs> one is Ziggy Alberts um, and one is Kyle Leinhart. They're both amazing. And then there's another guy named Garrett Cato that also plays there. All three of those guys are on iTunes and all three are amazing. Nice. Um, I've been listening to, I don't know, like, I've been listening to a lot of hip hop, to be honest, lately. So it's more um, more in that in that vibe. But uh, I don't know. And, and hip hop wise, I would say if you're not listening to um burnham boy his album africa giant is like one of the ones i've been listening to a ton in the last couple weeks um and yeah i've been i've been doing more like yeah like african hip-hop stuff so nice. mr easy um i don't know jadena has a good album mm-hmm. out called 85 to africa which has got a lot of good bangers um i don't know yeah that's kind of where i'm at i'm just like flipping through my phone <laughs> uh, like what can i tell you um yeah that's it Cool. All right. Thanks a lot for talking to us, Travis. Really interesting talk. And hopefully um, more people can go out there and find some new open mics around the world and find new find new artists around the world as well. For sure. And even if you don't play, I would say like go just like also Google open mics wherever you are and go yeah. do that. It's a fun way to like meet new people. It's yeah, a good exactly. social vibe. It's, it's always a good night. Awesome. Thanks a lot for talking to us. Thanks, Rob. Cheers. Cheers, man. I hope you enjoyed listening to Travis's stories as much as I enjoyed chatting with him. Um, he's a really interesting guy, and I definitely recommend taking his advice about exploring new music whenever you're traveling to new places. And um, like he said, just go and Google open mic or um, live gigs, and I'm sure you'll find some great new bands wherever you go. Um, okay, up next, we're going to take things a little closer to home with a new band from Manchester called Kiaz Marta. Um, we're going to be interviewing these guys for the website shortly um but they just released a new single called absolution um this is a really interesting band who kind of mix things up between technical metal there's moments of atmosphere in there and all sorts of crazy compositional difficulties um with some incredible vocals over the top um i hope you enjoy these guys i'm looking forward to talking to them soon this is absolution by kiasmata
Okay, welcome back. That was um, Absolution by Kiaz Mata. Um, we think they've got a new album coming up so uh, coming up shortly, potentially in 2020. So keep your eye on the blog for more information on the band and any new music they have coming up. Um, now then, we've got a couple of more tracks for you to enjoy to finish up today's podcast. Um, and we're going to sign out with the Scandinavian flavour. First up, we've got exciting new band from Sweden called Solence. These guys have had um, some pretty good hit on Spotify, like 23 million streams, I, I believe, which is pretty impressive. Um, and they've just released their debut album called Brothers. So we're going to play the title track from that. Then we're going to round things out with one of my favourite genres all over the world, Norwegian punk. We're going to play you Oslo-based Oberst's, that's O-B-E-R-S-T, um, their brand new single, Parting, which is taken from their debut album, which is going to be released on the 17th of January. Now, this, this band fuses big atmospheric riffs with manic vocals, which is pretty much, for me, the hallmark of Norwegian punk. So enjoy these two tracks from Scandinavia, and we'll be back with you shortly.
You just heard Solent from Sweden and Norwegian band Oberst. Um, I hope you enjoyed both those bands and all the music we brought you in today's podcast. Um, and hopefully we'll be back with another podcast a little sooner than we were last time around, which has been over a year, so shouldn't be too difficult. Uh, also, apologies for any background noise. I'm in a fairly noisy co-working space in Mexico, um, so if anything didn't come through loud and clear, then apologies. Um, hopefully next one will be a bit clearer. Um, that's it for today. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, Gig Radar generally, and if there's any new music you'd like to hear, or any music from different countries or uh, regions around the world that you'd like to hear, do let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, that's it for today, and we'll hopefully be speaking to you soon. The thing about comparing rates at Progressive.com is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about comparing rates at Progressive.com. We probably don't even need the words comparing rates anymore to remind you that seasoning steaks at Progressive.com is an easy way to save on car insurance. Or that swimming in trousers helps you find the lowest rate. And that's the thing about foraging for truffles. You've heard a lot of ads about standing tiptoe on a cinder block. Compare rates and <clears throat> sing softly to a wounded field mouse and save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.